0: Turn with me, please, to Jeremiah chapter 4. Jeremiah chapter 4. This has been a strange day for me. Um, I had my heart red today just sitting talking to someone a word given over me, which was already in place before, confirmed. Knew nothing about it. It's actually Daniel's mom. Right to the very T. To do with this message. She knows nothing about it. This is a strange word because when I sought the Lord for the message for this evening, even Denise wanting to make posts for uh, advertising Facebook on Friday evening. I just finished it. Well, um, no, Saturday morning, afternoon, I finished, but I started some on Friday evening. And I had no a, a clue what to call it. I just seen it in the word. It was in my mind. It was on my heart. And when I read over it, I said, Lord, I don't know. This sounds like I'm preaching about me. And the Lord says, it is you, son. It's what you should be. But it's not only what every preacher should be. We need preachers like this. What we're going to look at tonight is what every Christian should be. Every time you get a a, a time of witness, time to reach out, it's what we should all be wherever we are. Jeremiah chapter 4. And let's read from verse 19. My bowels my bowels. I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace, because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried. For the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly my tents are spoiled and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children. They have none understanding. They are wise to do evil. But to too good, they have no knowledge. Let's pray. Father, settle us in our seats. Let us not, Lord, be fidgety to move around with things that may even speak to our own hearts. Take every distracting thought take any opposing spirit, and we bind it under the name of Jesus. And let thy word be declared, and let your word be heard. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that we would all leave here challenged. We would leave here built up, but we would leave here with a fresh vision of Christ. We worship you. Raise you, and we love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah the prophet, he's known as the weeping prophet. He cries over Jerusalem and Judah. That's the southern kingdom of Israel. And before their calamity happens, before the tribulation of Judah comes from the Babylonians, Jeremiah is given a vision from God. Jeremiah is given the word of the Lord to his heart, and it disturbs him. And whenever I read this, I seen what the kind of preacher we need in these last days. I want to speak of it in three ways. The kind of preacher we need in these last days are, one, a preacher with feelings or a Christian with feelings, but we'll call a preacher with feelings. Secondly, we need a preacher who is fearless. A Christian who is fearless. And thirdly, the Lord showed me in this, that we'll look at this evening. A preacher who is faithful. A Christian who is faithful. My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very hearty cries. Matthew Henry, who's known as the Prince of Commentators, wrote this, I quote him, The prophet here is in agony and cries out like one upon the wreck of pain with some acute distemper. Or as a woman in great travail, the expressions are very Pathetic. And moving enough to melt a heart of stone into compassion that 's what Matthew Henry has written about Jeremiah in this little portion of scripture. The spirit of prophecy moves upon the prophet, and Jeremiah he gets a glimpse of what is happening in his society of the day. He gets a glimpse of a prophetic uh, vision of what is coming upon the people who do not know the Lord. He gets a prophetic view, and it kills him. It almost destroys him because of his people. The spirit of prophecy is to Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah, on the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And the Lord is showing Jeremiah that even though they're getting on with life, the enemy is at the gate. Yeah, even the enemy is within their borders. And the enemy is about to strike. Spiritually speaking, there are many walking the streets today in the United Kingdom and Ireland. And the enemy is at the border within their borders, within their hearts and within their families. The enemy has come in to seek them out, to steal, to kill and to destroy. And people are dumb to the wiles of the devil. There are people who get on with life and live life to the full in their sin and they are dumb to their sin. They are dead in their trespasses and in their sins. Just like in the days of Judah, we see it also not only spiritually speaking, where they had spiritually apostatized, they had become idolaters. They had become God-haters. And they had turned away from the living God. And just like in Jeremiah's day, as Judah had done, the temple or the if you want, the established religion in the land had become corrupt, and God was no longer in it. God was angry and ready to move. We see it today in Great Britain. The enemy is within our borders. The enemy has come within our gates. The enemy, as we'll see, are waving their battle flags around the world And the enemy are ready to strike. And we are dumb to the vision of what is to come. Even the Christian church has become dumb. Preachers have become dumb. They'd rather preach about their car, their motorbike. They'd rather preach about their have a good day They'd rather preach their five ways to be blessed and ten ways to gain more money. They'd rather preach it than warn the people. Judgment is coming to our nation. God is angry. And wrath is coming. The battle flags of the enemies of Britain, the battle flags of the enemies of Ulster, the enemies of Ireland, are now waving, ready to strike demonic in their backgrounds, ungodly in their ways, ready to attack Christ and his anointed, Christ and his people, Christ and his word. And we are walking around with blinkers on. I've seen this as I read it, and it hammered me. I couldn't get a thought on it, but I knew God was speaking to me. And he says, son, cry aloud of this. Cry aloud, it's needed. Many pulpits today would rather tell you a little story, give you a simple illustration, read out of a perverted version of God's word. They'd rather tell you, you're all right as you are. Just be a good person the best you can. In the world, our nation is going down the drain. The devil is having a field day. Our government has become so weak and miserable and watery. They are treacherous. They are liars. They are deceivers. Our government is selling us down the river. And we, as a church, are just sailing along on the good ship Prosperity. My family is not for sale. My faith is not for sale. My home is not for sale. And I don't know about you, church. My country is not for sale. Here we have Jeremiah. He's in pain like on a rack as Matthew Henry says it, crying out with some acute distemper. That's how God has made him feel because that's how God feels. And he lets the prophet have a little touch of it, of what he feels when he looks upon Judah. My bowels, he cries, my bowels. The word here for bowels, first of all, we want to look at, the kind of preacher we need in these last days are preachers of feeling. Now, when I say preachers of feeling, I'm not talking about some little mamby-pamby cream puff pie man who sits on a fence and, and someone who is so watery in their ways that they're so effeminate. I'm talking about men with feeling for their nation, feeling for their church, feeling for souls, feeling for men and women. We need preachers who will stand up instead of lying down. Men who have feeling for the gospel, feeling for the blood of Calvary, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, who are shut up within them. They're very twisted in their innards unless they speak of Christ and his kingdom. Here we have him saying, my bowels, my bowels. He cries, in other words, my innards. My inward parts, that's where it goes. My inward parts are even sore. That's where it reads. It gives the idea he's taking palpitations. He's taking, as it were, we'd call it today, a panic attack. He says, I'm taking this. He says, my very bowels are sore. For I see what my people are doing and I see the judgment to come. I get a feeling. Of how God is looking on us. We need preachers with feeling. We need Christians with feeling. Here he says, My bowels, my bowels, my deep inner place, the seat of my emotions, it means, is in great distress even affecting my body. He says, I am pained at my heart. In other words, I'm pained in my conscience. Where are the preachers with conscience? That crowd that you speak to in their thousands without mentioning their need of salvation, where's your conscience? Those people you lead every week who turn around and you say to them, yes, God will accept the homosexual in the church, their lifestyle, that he will accept them to continue in that lifestyle. Where's your conscience? Those who will not stand against the abortion of little babies, the silent holocaust. Where's your conscience, man? Christian, where's your conscience? Jeremiah says, inside me, my ears are sore, on my conscience, he says. My understanding, my mind, my soul, my thinking. In other words, he says, the very center of me. It's what we sang, Jesus, be the center. I didn't know you were going to sing that. Be the center. Everything from my deep, innermost being. Yes, It's killing me. The kind of preacher we need in these last days are preachers with feelings feeling how God feels, feeling the word in their heart, feeling the pain of it, that men and women are going to hell, and they're letting them go out the doors without telling them so, they'll stand before God. I'll stand before God, and we'll give an account. The watchmen of the house of Israel were to proclaim the warning that the enemy was coming. And if there was no warning given, then they would have blood on their skirts, and there's no blood in mine. He says, I am pained at my heart. The word pained here, it's a strange word. It gives the idea of, of twisting and turning Twisting and turning, it means to writhe, to writhe in pain. It gives the idea to be in anguish, to be shaken greatly or violently, to be like a woman who's about to give birth with a difficult birth. You ladies, you mothers, you'll know what it was like those times. We men have no idea. But you know what it's like whenever those birth pangs came on you. And you started to feel those contractions and how they would make you buckle and the pain would come upon you. Here he says, I am like a woman like this. And Lord, it's enough. It's enough. He says, I can't handle this anymore. We need preachers in the last days who will feel like this for men and women. Who will feel like this for their church. The the church that that God has put them as a shepherd over. It means that he is twisting and turning like a whirlwind would spin around. It's the idea of turning. My inwards parts are turning. They're twisting about. Oh, talk about irritable bowel syndrome. You know nothing until God starts moving. In Psalm 29, verses 8 and 9, we get the idea of this where it says, it's the word cool, for I am pained. It's the word kul, And it says in Psalm 29, verse 8 and 9, the voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the calf. See, the word shaketh, it's the word kul. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. When the voice of the Lord speaks to the dead, in other words, it starts to bloom. When the voice of the Lord comes and speaks to the barren, they start to have life. When the voice of the Lord starts to speak to the dry bones of the house of Israel, he says, they'll come together. He says, and they shall stand up a mighty army, but it must be preached. It will shake the wilderness of dryness. Shake the backslidden in heart. It will shake those who are cold and indifferent. It will shake those with no passion in their body are in their soul for Christ. When the voice of the Lord comes to the wilderness, he says he makes rivers in the desert. He makes a road and a way in the wilderness for you. The voice of the Lord shakes it all up, breaks up the fallow ground that life may come forth. He says the voice of the Lord also makes the hinds to calve. The idea of calving is the same. It's the same word cool for "shake." He tells the calf. He tells or he tells them the mother animal, whatever that animal may be. He says, "Now bring forth life. Now bring forth life. Now bring forth life." And it's his voice, the preaching of his word, brings forth life. New birth comes at the preaching of the word. The fact that the sins of Judah were off the heart they were deliberate they were planned and they had reached a condition where they had no desire to repent they didn't want the Lord God they didn't want the word of God they didn't want the temple they didn't want the worship they didn't want to take responsibility either for their sinning they wanted to escape punishment for their evil for their sinful wicked ways and doings but they didn't want God How many people in Ulster tonight? How many people in the UK tonight? Oh, they want to escape punishment from God. They want to be in God's kingdom. They want to be in God's heaven, but they don't want the God of heaven. The sort of preachers that we need in these last days are preachers with feeling who will say unto them, unless or except you be born again, ye shall not see the kingdom of God. They need to stop messing about, stop fooling around, and preach the word. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of prophecy, showed the pending judgment, the pain and the horror, and yet through love and care for his kinsfolk, Love and care for those around him. Jeremiah cries out. And they put him in a pit. (laughs) Preacher, don't be discouraged when people don't like what you preach. And don't be discouraged when people hate you for what you preach. And don't be discouraged when you're tried for what you preach. (laughs) And don't be discouraged when you're persecuted for what you preach. Because when you're preaching from that book, you're all right with him Then you're okay with him. He says, My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot, not I will not. I cannot, not I will not. I cannot hold my peace. I cannot hold my peace. My heart maketh a noise in me, I cannot hold my peace. The word noise here is the word "hema," And it gives the idea of a distinct noise... Not just any noise—a distinct noise. For example, of an animal, the growl of a bear would be a distinct noise. A roar of a lion would be a distinct noise. The cooing of a turtle dove is a distinct noise. The snarling of a dog is a distinct noise. And this distinctive sigh from a man whose very innards are racing, whose heart is pumping, who's feeling twisted inside, who sees with vision from the spirit of prophecy—it says that noise is coming from God through me. It's a distinct noise. My heart is making a distinct noise that will shake the heavens and call glory down. That's the idea of this. I have to tell, I cannot keep silent or hold my peace. That's the idea of this. Talk about needing preachers with feeling." The idea, Foster says this means the barking of the bowels of Jeremiah through the Spirit showed the internal motion or the eternal emotion that was given to the people. Fathers and sisters, how much more can a man like myself get excited and try to be passionate under the Spirit of God when people sit? And go out the same way they come in. Acts 17 and 6, Paul is in in Greece. He's in Athens, and he's waiting on uh, Timothy and Silas coming. And while he's there, he's around doing his bit of sightseeing, and he sees uh, idols to every god that they have, and there's more gods than there are people there. And he sees one to the unknown god, and Paul is... He's disturbed by this, and it says in Acts 17 and verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them, the spirit—his spirit—was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given over to idolatry. The word, therefore, the stirred—it means his spirit was provoked, provoked to anger. Aroused in him, and he became exasperated. He's seen idols, he's seen this god, and that god, and the other god, the many gods, the pantheon of gods, and then he sees one to the unknown god, just in case they forgot one. And that god was angry, but they knew not the living god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he sees it, and he stared, and he's exasperated, and he says, Ye men of Athens, I have perceived that ye are become too superstitious. You know what's wrong with our nation tonight? They've become too superstitious. Not just the Catholics, the Protestants have become too superstitious. Everything is superstition, superstition. Hocus pocus, that's all it is. A lot of Protestantism now is no more than simply Romanism without the Pope and without the Mass. They have a form of godliness and they deny the power thereof. Oh, the Holy Spirit in the meeting. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit isn't in the meeting, we don't have a meeting. There is no meeting. Matthew Henry again, listen to what he said. A good man in such a bad world as this cannot be but a man of sorrows. Do you know what's wrong with the church church? You know what's wrong with many Christians? You're just too much like them. Just too much like If we adapt the world into the church, and if we adapt this like the world, it'll bring them in. If we put the World Cup on on a Sunday night instead of a meeting, those who you never get into church will come in. Well, listen, they may come in. But they're not hearing the word. They're not hearing the gospel. And listen, the church isn't the building. They could go to any building and do it. You're the church and I'm the church. Bring the world in. They get them in the church. Get them in the church. You could have it in a barn. It wouldn't make any difference to God. Boy, this is serious tonight, isn't it? This is what God laid my heart in Friday. And I said, on Saturday, I was up, and I was going, Lord, I don't think I can bring this. Somebody texted me. And the words that I had been saying, the thinking, I had texted them in the words. Didn't know anything about it. And I says, thank you. You've just confirmed this word to me. Here, Jeremiah Chapter 6 shows us secondly and quickly the kind of preacher we need in these last days. The first one was a preacher with feelings. The second one is a preacher that's fearless. Jeremiah chapter 6, it says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised. They cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them as a reproach, they have no delight in it. Sounds like Belfast to me. Sounds like Londonderry to me. Sounds like much of Donna Cloney to me. I tell them of Christ. And the impending judgment that's lying ahead. We tell them of Christ and their need of a Savior. We tell them of Christ and their need to repent. We tell them of Christ and we're put down as mad. We are put down as though they're mad. We're mad. The Word of the Lord is unto them as a reproach. They make fun of it. They have no delight in it. Know what the Word of the Lord says? Lord, who would I tell? They can't hear the problem. They can't. Because they're dead. So to who do we preach? To all of them. And leave it up to God. To everyone. Every creature. Listen to what the prophet Hosea said to the house of Israel. There's a northern kingdom. Now, they're gone at this time. Listen to what he said, and you think they would have learned from their treacherous sister, or their sister, Judah's the treacherous sister, God calls them, and the northern kingdom, their other sister. Listen to this. Hosea 9 and 7. He said to them before their judgment came, Thy days of visitation are come. The days of recompense are come. Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool. The spiritual man is mad. For the multitude of thine iniquity... And the great hatred, he says, I'm sending my people, and you think they're fool, the prophet prophesying of something to come. They're fools. Spiritual, speaking of the things of Christ, eternal welfare, speaking of salvation by grace through faith, you're mad! He says, you know why this is happening in the house of Israel? The multitude of their iniquities has carried them away. And they hate me, he says. That's what's wrong with Britain. That's what's wrong with much of the United States and Canada. That's what's wrong with Ulster. That's what's wrong with Ireland. They become God-haters. Verse 9 Of Hosea 9, listen to what he finishes with for time's sake. The Lord says that he would remember their sins. He'll remember and he will visit their iniquity. Now, you, I I know this message in my spirit. This is prophetic. See what you're hearing tonight? This is a spirit of prophecy. This is prophetic. Now, you watch this space to see what happens our land is going to come under immense pressure. Things are going to start to happen, and God will visit the iniquity of this land. They were in prosperity in the house of Israel, doing well, comfortable, life was good. And Hosea announced announced coming judgment in Repentance, and they thought he was a fool. Their cup was full, and God carried them away in their sin. Jeremiah sees the fate for Judah and Jerusalem that had happened to the house of Israel. Now the spirit of prophecy says, it's around the corner, let them know. It's around the corner, let them know. Brothers and sisters, it's around the corner, we gotta let them know. Church, wake up, it's around the corner. Get yourself right Get yourself in place. Get your heart faithful. Don't be a Sunday Christian. Don't be a wishy-washy one. Get yourself in the place with Christ. Sure Jeremiah four nineteen. he says, I cannot hold my peace. I cannot hold my tongue. In other words, I can't remain silent. I will not be kept in secrecy with this. And know the idea of it is. It gives the idea of a farmer plowing the field and the, uh, the, 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 the 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 rut that goes up with the farmer plows the field. It gives the idea of a groove and something. In other words, this was starting to ply, ply deep into the heart of the prophet. And he says, "No, Lord, I can't hold my peace any longer. I must speak it out for your glory." That's the kind of preacher we need ones that are fearless. Don't be saying too much. You're going to have the papers at your door. Don't say too much because you could end up in court. I don't want to go to court. But I'm not going to hold my peace. I'm afraid to say anything in case my boss said something about me. I'm afraid to witness, brother or sister, grow a spiritual backbone. Take your stand. Too many Christians have backbones carved out of bananas at this time. (coughs) This is the sort of preachers we need. Fearless, fearless Christians. I cannot hold my peace. Listen, why? Because thou hast heard, O my soul. I can't. It's not only that I've heard with the ear. It's in here. Now listen. There's the word in there. You can get it in there. You can listen to it there. Is it in here? For when it drops into the soul, you'll do nothing but serve. You'll do nothing but love him. When it gets into the soul, you'll argue with it. You'll fight with it. You may struggle with it, but you'll yield to it. You'll say, I cannot hold my peace. I must do what Christ has told me to do. You can't help yourself. You have no choice in the matter. You're a conscript unto God. You're in the elect of God. Let's act like it. Oh God, help us. Spirit of God gave him a glimpse of the future and Jeremiah would tell forth the word of God which was impressed upon his soul. The seriousness of it, the importance of it, the urgency of it, the terribleness of it. The torment and the horror of it had him shaking at his very core. He was twisted in his very innards. It's ingrained in him. He's distraught and he's distressed. His spirit is stirred up in him. And he cries in exasperation from the, like a travail of a woman giving birth. Right from the very deep inner recesses of his heart. My boils! My boils! He cries! I am pained in my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me that I, I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, O oh my soul. You've heard, soul. Listen, see when people say, oh, I get saved and I fell away, but I get saved again the next week. Or I get saved on a Monday and I fell away on a Tuesday and I get saved on Wednesday again. Nonsense. See when Christ enters in, you can do nothing but follow. You may fall, but He'll pick you up to follow. You're not getting saved, and then you're lost, and then you're saved, and then you're lost. When you're saved, you're saved. He saves and He keeps. Precious Jesus. Mm. Listen to what He says. I'm getting too excited. I have to calm myself down. Jeremiah chapter 4. Listen to what he says. He sees destruction in verse 20 coming so suddenly when people are asleep in their deadness. Verse 21, he says, How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? You know what he sees in the spirit? He sees the enemy coming in. He sees a standard. The standard was their battle flags. Seen them preparing for war. God showed him the nation around. He said, "This is what's happening, Jeremiah. This is what the uh, Judah's doing here, and look what the enemy's doing. They're being readied. They're being prepared, and judgment is coming." And Jeremiah says, "I can't hold my peace. I must tell them." Joel. Chapter are two in verse one. Third and final part. The kind of preachers needed in these last days must, be, must have feelings. Secondly, they must be fearful. And thirdly, they must be faithful. Faithful. Joel 2 and 1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. In other words, listen the Lord said, the enemies outside with their war banners, with their flags. They're preparing. He says, listen. Tell my people to blow the trumpet, to gather them together. Get themselves ready. It's coming. It's even at the door. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in all my holy mountain." and that all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh and is at hand. Brothers and sisters, the day of the Lord is coming. Christ is coming. The enemy is saber-rattling. Just yesterday, it was the Daily Daily Mail, wasn't it? It was the Daily Mail. The headlines, the three main headlines, know what they were? They were to do with Russia saying, we're so close now to a nuclear war. China has now put a new station in Argentina ready to move north to the great Zion of America, Christian nation. They're saying it's for space exploration and for space station, but in the paper, in in this article, uh, those in charge says, no, 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 this is for military exercise. Ukraine, the land of horses and the Cossack, the Khazarian Empire, they're at the center of between Europe and Russia. Sabres are rattling. And listen, let me tell you about our wee land. Our wee about to be sold down the river by the enemies of Ulster. We need preachers with a burden for souls in these last days. Faithful. We need preachers with a view of judgment. We need preachers with a prophet's vision. We need preachers with a heart of passion. We need preachers with a love for righteousness. We need preachers with a fearless spirit. We need preachers with a biblical message. We need preachers with a desire for truth We need preachers who will wholly stand for Christ and His kingdom, for Christ and His gospel, for Christ and His crown, for Christ and His glory. We need preachers who are shaken to the core by the Spirit of God. We don't need convert belt preachers coming from college and university with a list of letters behind their name like the alphabet and know nothing of the Spirit. We need men and women of the Spirit of God, shaken to the core, men and women filled with the Spirit of God, who would rather, obey God rather than men, who cannot but speak of the things they have both seen and heard in the secret place, uh, and are unashamed of Christ and unafraid to, to preach the Word and truth. Who will preach without fear or favor of man, but for the glory and the honor of God? That's what we need. What kind of preacher do we need in these last days? We need ones who will be, have feelings, who will be fearless, and we need thirdly those who will be faithful. Richard Baxter, the old Puritan, said, "If a hardened heart is to be broken, it is not by stroking, but striking, that must do it." You know what's wrong. Preachers are stroking too many egos, patting too many backs, stroking the egos of those who have uh, the biggest wallet, the most money, living the lifestyle of the Hollywood jet set. They're stroking people to live in a lifestyle that they never otherwise could afford. The Word of God says, don't stroke their ego. Strike their heart. For the word of God is like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. I'm not averse or against programs of having nice coffee mornings and doing all these things. That's fine. But it should never take the place of the word. That's right. Never. Never, never, never. Never. Oh Richard Baxter, listen to why. <laughs> if you read ever read the Reformed Pastor in some of his books, he's amazing. Listen to what he said. So simple. He said, Screw the truth into men's minds. <laughs> Screw the truth into their minds. Flatter them with sugar coated poison. The lies of devils. There's many pulpits are filled with the lies of devils. (laughs) Time's on, I want you to turn to Second Timothy, please quickly. The kind of preachers we need in these last days. Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul says this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Don't you see it? It's all about me. Me, me, me. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, treaty, hairy, high, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. My brothers and sisters, let me just finish that last one there, but I can't go through them all. Lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And the Lord's day has turned into a holiday. You know why? People want their pleasure and love the Lord. Hello. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof listen from such turn away. Well, wow. oh, you're not too Christian to do that. You are, because that's what the Word tells you. Live a life for Christ. Of a life for Christ. So, Second Timothy 4 and 3. Listen to what it says. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, it's not that I've got itching ears. That's not what this means. The word itching ears, Adam Clark, in his commentary, wrote, writes this. It means they will heap to themselves teachers, various teachers, listen, having itching They're having endless curiosity. They have an insatiable desire for variety. The Word of God and the Spirit is not enough in our church anymore. We want variety. We want to go to this church, and to that church, and to this assembly, and that assembly, and this meeting, and to that meeting. And he says, no. That's what it means. They need variety. It's not good enough. They get their ears tickled with language with the language and accent of the person. They go to sea, abandoning the good and faithful preacher for the fine speaker. Can't come to church tonight, Pastor Joel Osteen's in the waterfront or the SSE arena. The fine speaker. Joel Osteen could be arrested for preaching the gospel. He'd still be a free man. He'd still be a free man. We need preachers who are faithful to God, faithful to God's Word, faithful in their calling, faithful to the truth, faithful to their preaching, faithful to the listening audience, and to their faithful people faithful to the cross work of Christ. The preacher isn't called to be an ear tickler, but a truth teller. Telling lost souls, telling backsling slidden hearts, telling the weaker vessel, telling the struggling saint, telling the worldly wafer not what they want to hear, but rather what they need to hear. That's faithfulness. Not fables, not furry tales, Not fantasy nor fanciful illustrations and stories, but in the words of Paul. Preach the word. Be instant. Season out of season. In these last days, the kind of preachers we need are faithful preachers. I close with this. Thank you for your attention. really there has been a spirit. The spirit has moved in the meeting, and he's really been speaking. Jeremiah four and twenty one: How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the the, the sound of the trumpet? The word "standard," as you said, is an ensign, a banner used in war. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, let me just run this past you while we have you in the house tonight. There is a blue banner with golden stars. It's called the Banner of the Beast in prophecy. It's the banner of Europe. Who have dethroned our monarch. Who have taken Westminster and have made them into a borough council of Europe. You might say, oh, that's all political. Listen, it's spiritual. Now you listen, this is spiritual. It's spiritual. They have made them like a borough council. They have taken our sovereignty of our nation, of the British peoples. They have taken the sovereignty of our nation. Their court is higher than the highest court in our land. They are now downsizing our military forces. They've already joined us with many of the French forces. And I'll tell you why. Because they're looking for a European rapid reaction force. They're looking for a one world government army. They're looking for a united army across Europe. And that's what they're doing. That's why the British army is so small. It's not because we can't afford it. We're the fifth largest economy in the world. It's because the devil is at work. This is the reformed bastion of truth. Even though it's fallen away from God, it still has a monarch who swears on the word of God. It still has a monarch who says, even though she feels like the kings and queens of Israel feel, even though she's like that, she says, "Christ is my savior." Amen. And Rome wants the diary back. That's right. Button flags of war. NATO flag is a button flag of war. What about the, the ISIS flag? The ISIS flag is now flying in the streets of London. The enemy is within the gate. The enemy is within the gate. The ISIS flag is flying in the streets of England. The enemy is in the gate. And the prophets are like dumb dogs. And the puppets are telling you nice little stories. And they won't stand up and say the enemy is in the gate and my bowels are twisted in me. I cannot hold my peace. You know why they're afraid of losing their pay packet? Well, I tell you something, brothers and sisters, and I'm not saying this in a haughty manner. And I promise you, I'm not. I wouldn't care about a pay packet. It doesn't matter. Pay packets doesn't pay for truth. I'd rather stand out in the street like John Wesley. I'd rather stand out in the fields like John Wesley. And declare the gospel of Christ, telling men and women to get ready to be sanctified for the coming of Christ. And the cell was sold for a pay packet. Battle flags of ISIS, the trumpets of war are sounding. What about the communist, the Marxist, socialist flags that are flying all over our nation now? What about the red flag of the unions? Think about this. Oh, what's communist, Marxist, socialist here? Simple, Stormont. Republican Marxism. Stormont filled with Marxism and communism. They're stealing away our liberty. Don't you be fooled by them. I'll go not going into that anymore. Move on a bit. What about this flag? Taking away the very conscience of believers. The rainbow flag. Taking away conscience from believers. We're not allowed to say. We're not allowed to think for ourselves. We're not allowed to have a conscience before God. Or we're homophobic. See the word homophobic? It's a a misdemeanor anyway. It's not a real word. You know why? Homo means man, and phobic means afraid. I'm not afraid of any man. I'm not afraid of any man. There's another one. What about the flag of the crescent moon? Flag of Islam. Not just ISIS, the flag of Islam, the crescent moon. Not five mile away here now, there's hundreds of them meeting every week. Maybe thousands of them under these flags. And Craig of mean any harm to the people themselves. What I'm saying is, it's in here. It's coming. It's coming, brothers and sisters. The very Pope of Rome is gathering every religion under, under heaven together to form a, a one world ecclesiastical government. He's gathered Islam. He's kissed up the, the Holy Quran. He's went to Judaism and he's sat with the, Juda, the Judaizers and with Islam on the other side. He's brought in the Coptics. He's even got the stupid Pentecostals. He's even got the charismatics. I'm going to teach us that someday and put a video on and I'll show you. I'll show you it all. He says, you don't need to be saved to get into heaven. You can still live a gay lifestyle and be God's. That's his words, not mine. Many, many more things. What about the hammer and sickle of Russia? What about the leftist liberal flags of green parties, tree huggers, who tell us there is no God, yet they're hugging creation. The God who created it. In Jeremiah 22, 4 and 22 This is what it says. I read this and I'll finish. Don't think my voice will hold it anymore anyhow. Jeremiah 4 and 22. For my people is foolish, they have not known me. They are sottish. In other words, they're thick. Simple as that, stupid. They are sottish children. They have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. They don't even know how to do good. Not in my standard, God says. If you were to go to Hebrews 8, verses 10 to 13, this is taken up by the Hebrew writer. And also Jeremiah 31, he says, In the days come, saith the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not in the covenant I made with their fathers. This covenant I will write my word and my law upon their hearts and in their minds and I will be their God and they shall be my people the kind of preachers we need in these last days are these with feelings are faithful and fearful God bless his word to us for Jesus name's sake Amen